We want to continue with part two of the panel. Can I ask you this? How many of you have been blessed by the family series? It is, it has always been, now I need y'all to keep the same energy. Y'all was just about to swing from the things on, okay? <laughs> it has always been my heart to follow God in how we do what we call church. So you may not get a sermon as we are used to, but the goal is to make sure everybody leaves with some understanding on how to win in life. Um, that's the whole point of our local church. I think we have been winning in church, but losing in life. And so we got to stop some of the things we've added to what we call church and simmer down and walk through marriage and family and relationships and finance and all of that so we can win. We can win in every area of our life. This family series is important because you say things like, in this season, the family's under attack. The family is always, always. under attack. Marriage is always under attack. Relationships are always under attack because it is the will of God. It is the purpose of God that we do life together in harmony and in peace. Nobody gets married to get divorced, but it happens. Nobody has children to abuse them, but it happens. And there's so many things about life we've just not learned. We've caught some things wrong. We've been taught some things wrong. And we keep repeating the same things, and it's not yielding the results that we even want. So we've been talking for the last, the last panel in this one um, about all things kids and all things youth, um, because I think it's something that needs to be discussed. And... It, you can actually talk out of forever. And so we ended the last panel, Pastor Tuan said something about the eagle um, and, and how the, the mama eagle kicks the baby eagle out of the nest and he falls down to the floor of the Grand Canyon and dies. And some of y'all, well that's what he said. And so some, and some of y'all didn't like that. And y'all said, wait a minute, I don't understand that. And so we stopped that. We had a clip to run, but again, there's some kind of signal thing, but it's all right. We're going to keep on going. Say that's all right. All right. Can, can y'all help me celebrate our media and audio team at our <laughs> From screen works to media to audio that make all of this run and work. And for those of y'all that are watching at home, y'all should be clapping louder than us because y'all couldn't see if we wasn't you know, doing that. They weren't doing what they do. So thank you all. But we want to pick up because the question we had when he said that was this. When do you let go of your children? When do you um, not rescue them, if I can put it like that? Um, because we talked about how you have to allow your children to, to walk, to run, to fly, based on what you've taught them. Um, but when they end up in trouble, when do you rescue them? Or when do you let them as he said, die on the floor of the, the thing. Uh, <laughs> and so uh, Elder Dominic asked that question, and then I was like, I was going to ask the same question. So I think, I think it's, it's fitting to let you start again um, and, and further lay out what you said, because you told all us to kill our chickens, and they didn't like that. Yes, sir. So um, it was a metaphor. Mm. Okay. Of course... We being men and women of God, we will not let our children just die. Okay? So I got a little kickback. So y'all pray for them. Okay? <laughs> pray for, for me? <laughs> no, no. The people that was inboxing oh, he, me and oh, he, texting that, me and stuff. So that was shade intended for y'all. No. <laughs> that was a read. 
So I, 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 I did not mean, you know, technically let your kids fall and die. It's a metaphor for being able to release them and let them fall on their own without always saving them. Okay. And so I, I want you to, I want you guys to understand that. And the reason why that metaphor was so important is because, and we were talking a little bit in the back, um, the Eagles, um, they have a different mindset than we have. Their responsibility is, as the Bible says, train up a child in the way they should go. And when they grow, they will not depart from them, meaning that they're going to grow old. But they're going to get older. And you have to depend and trust that what you've trained them in, they'll be able to pull from. And so the what eagle, you trained them in. What you trained them in. And so we're going to talk about that too because some of y'all got tough training. It ain't really. Okay. And so what the eagle does is the eagle takes the response. And this is the mother eagle, I may add. She takes the responsibility of training her young and she teaches them. She models for them. She, she, she trains them. She gives them everything that they need up until a certain point. Okay. Once that eaglet reached that certain point, the mother's job of training and nurturing and all that stuff is done. That's when they begin. The next process is you need to learn how to fly. You need to learn how to survive. Should I keep going? Survive. Survive. Because the animal kingdom, they train their children or young to survive. Right? Not to be self-entitled. Not to have everything we didn't have. Not to get everything you see on TV. Not to spoil you. No. We teach you how to survive. So when I'm gone, you'll be able to live. Because at some point, I won't be there with you. At some point, I won't be and there. And you need to know how to make the right decision. Absolutely. That, that's, that's not going to kill you, but that's going to move you further. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So you were, you now, were, the, the father eagle has a job as well. Absolutely. He teaches them how to hunt. Now, one thing that I, after you said that, I said, well, let me go research this because I really don't know if they, you know, put them out and they just splat and die. So I researched it too. There's a balance to it. I think everybody it. challenged you last week, dog. It's like. Because when you fall, Grand Canyon, you splat and you're dead. I mean, let's get real. But there are some things that we can learn from the eagle. First thing is with eaglets, they learn from their parents. So from a baby, they watch their parents, and that's how they learn how to fly. So they watch their parents spread their wings and let the wind take it. They're watching. So I then thought, well, what are our children watching? What are we as parents, parents doing that our children are catching? We always say more is caught than taught. What are we doing, what are we not doing that our children are looking at us and that's how they, they go and, you know, and live their lives? We always say we look at some of the things in our children that we don't like and we have to take responsibility for that because they got it from us. We're the main people that they're around. Yeah, they get it from the world's influence, and sometimes that world's influence sticks out more than our influence. But to start, they get it from home. So parents, we have to take some type of responsibility. What are we training our children, not just by saying them, not just by pushing the word down them, but are we living our lives according to the word in front of them? 
So that's the first thing. They learn from, from what their parents do. And then the parents teach them. They say, hey, you, you, when you do that, you're learning how to fly. And so the parents put the mother eagle, she puts in everything that she needs to put in. But then when the time comes for them to fly on their own, sometimes we have some little lazy eaglets around there. They get comfortable, and they want to do what they want to do. They 30 and 40 coming back home because they, they couldn't make it out on their own. You know, they doing all of this. But we have trained them. So what the eagle, mother eagle does, she'll take, she'll go get a fish and she'll dangle it in front of him. She'll entice him to get out of the nest. Like, hey, you, I know you know how to fly. Let me entice you. So she'll swiggle it around in front of him. And then the, the little eaglet goes and jumps into another nest or jumps into the nest to get it. Now, if the eagle jumps into the nest and they kind of fall down, she'll go and help him get up. But not all the time. It's sometimes where we have to, yeah, pick up our children and teach them and train them. And when they fall, we have to pick them up, but not all the time. Mm. And when, when I found that out, at that point, when she learns, when the mother learns that, hey, this is a lazy eaglet and they don't want to do what I try. I've trained them. I've modeled them. I've done my job. Then she pushed them out of the nest. Mm. So, so the question is, and I want to jump to the fosters. When do we not rescue? Because I think one of the toughest parts is because whether you say it or not, you fuss, cuss, and all of that, but them your babies. And when you see them in certain situations, you want to rescue your babies. Even if they've done the exact thing you told them not to do and ended up with their foot stuck somewhere, you want to help. When do we not help? Anybody? I want to jump with y'all first, but... Okay. I'm a piggyback off what Pastor London said. First of all, there's no set age mm. that we just push them out and kick them out. Mm. It just depends on what you have done as a parent. Mm. That's Basically, you have to give your child biblical instruction before leaving earth, which is Bible. Mm. Bible teaching. We are the first teachers as parents. And if you know you have done your very best and you have fasted and prayed and laid on your face for your children and taught them from the word of God from the time they were little. And now they have reached the age that they should be able to fly. You have to let them test the grounds out a little bit. You can't save them from every decision they've made. And that's the problem. We don't want our children to experience any hurt, any pain, any frustration, and Lord knows we don't want them to die. But some choices that they're going to make may result in death. And I hate to say that, but that's, that's, that's the truth. But we're trying to do what we can. Now, after we have taught them, and I mean we have been there, and we've walked them through, and I mean, we have really been there and tried to walk this God Bible thing out. And they get to an age now they have caught a lot of things. And now they are totally rebellious. And they have a will of their own. And God is not going to take over your will. You have a, a, a permissive will that God will allow you to live. It's not his perfect will for your life, but it's a permissive will. And if you want it bad enough, he's going to allow you to have it. And sometimes out of your own will, death, sick, sickness, uh, pain, disease, bad relationships are going to come out of that. Once that rebellious stage hip, 
hits and your heart is no longer pliable, as parents, we got to step back and we got to let you bump that head and you're going to have to go through the school of hard knocks. So is, it, is, is it safe to say one of the answers would be when their hearts are no longer pliable? Um, it still um, goes back to because that. I, I think you said we don't want to see our kids hurt. I think more of it, too, is we don't want to hurt. Yeah. Because we hurt when we see them hurt. So we try to protect ourselves from going through because of our children. So if I can help them and rescue them, they won't have to deal with that. But we're really sometimes handicapping them. So I wanted some of y'all knew this is Elder Kathy and she's social worker. How many years in the game? 30 plus. 30 plus years. This, this is Elder Dominic. He's 30 years in CPS, an educator. Um, this is Tyler Lewis. He represents our Crave youth leader team. You know, this is London. I'm Reggie. These are the Sanders associates at our um, very fine church here. And they have teen children and they have adult children. And so we don't know it all. I don't, I don't believe in throwing the word expert out. I think we just share life. You share experiences. Um, to me, people are trying to stem expert. I'm not an expert on marriage or family. I'm walking through this thing every day. I got three teenagers. And so I understand. I understand more now than I did before because when they're little and they're with you all the time, you said put on that red shirt and get in the car. They put on the red shirt and get in the car. Once they get older, they got their own taste. They own this. They're going to talk back. They're going to get smart. They're going to get flipped. You want to bust them in the head. They're going to raise up on you. You want to fight them in your own house. All this stuff goes on. And you're not exempt because you saved. So this sit down is designed to help us all. Because sometimes I want to take mine and throw them through the window. Amen. Because, because I told you last week, they live in two worlds. The world you created and the world that the world has created for them. And they go in and out of both. And sometimes as they get older, they're more in the other world than in yours. And you often say, where did you get that from? I didn't teach you that. I don't do that. Because they're, they're, they're being fed another doctrine. Through the music. Through, I, I watched the, um, the BET Awards. Well, I watched some of it because I couldn't watch no more of it. And, and, and it's, not just, it's not just music awards, you know, music awards. It's doctrine being fed to your children. It's doctrine. And, and they're receiving it, just like you're receiving the word now. They receive that doctrine. So then when they leave here, they're in two worlds. Do I go with this doctrine or that doctrine? Mama and them said, this is not cool. But society says, this is the way. Mama and them said, this is demonic. He said last week, society says, demonic is the way. Hell is, is, is popular now. And so, and, and, and so I, I don't, I'm trying not to be the woo with your children because to speak for them, they deal with a whole lot. More than we dealt with in our, at our, when we were teenagers. There, there's new levels of, of, of demons and spiritual wickedness in high places that they're dealing with and they're coming home to your house and all you're doing is yelling, fussing, cussing, do this and not finding ways to meet them where they are and give them answers. And I'm guilty myself because I was a yeller. I'm just going, we just going to yell it out. Get in there, yeah, 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 yeah. And you realize that don't work. That don't work. Kids, go ahead, Elder. Go ahead, Elder. I need you. I need you. Well, spiritual. What I was just speaking of, you have to be honest as a parent yourself. You have to decide for yourself, and you have to take a hard look at yourself for different reasons. Some of us have not been there. We've been in the house, but we still haven't been there. Mm. Some of us has been locked up. 
Some of us has been strung out on drugs. Some of us have given our responsibility over to grandparents. And we know without a shadow of a doubt, we haven't taught our children anything. There's no shame. There is no condemnation. Right. But be real. You can't kick your child out. You got to go back and instill and impart some things that you didn't get a chance to do. Touching that, go ahead, Elder. And, and, and as Pastor Reggie said, he was a yeller. Uh, well, some of us are cussers. Okay, so the word of God in Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18. Now, Isaiah says, and, 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 and this is a very powerful scripture. He says, the God, God says through Isaiah, come let us reason together. How many of us as parents sit down and try to reason with our children? We have the authority, we have the might, but that doesn't give us uh, the, the, the right to dominate. Let me say that again. We have the, the, the authority and the power in the house, but we shouldn't dominate. We should sit down and reason. We have to come to terms. See, parents and children... We, on a daily basis, sometimes experience what they call vision collision. You know, the way I see the world and the way my children see the world collides. So when we have this vision collision, I can yell all day, scream all day, cuss and fuss all day. We have to be able to reason with our children. We, we, we have to explain with some golden nuggets. Like, I like to tell my students at school and my children decisions determine your destiny. That's a golden nugget. Your environment may shape your perceptions and your values, but ultimately, at the end of the day, your decisions will determine your destiny. And we're, we're talking about change up here. Uh, when do people change? Here, here's an example. People change under three circumstances. Number one, they change when they learn enough they want to change. So learning is important. Uh, they got to learn so they want to change. Next, number two, they get the resources, they're able to change. They, they, they need a support system somewhere starting in the family. Now here's the other one, and uh, I feel like I'm the defense attorney for Pastor Twan because everybody beat him up, but they change when they hurt enough, when they hit rock bottom, they have to change. And sometimes we got to let people hit rock bottom, hurt. Sometimes we got to let them go to jail. Yes, we, we help them get a defense attorney, et cetera, et cetera. But when they call and they say, I'm in jail, okay, uh, we'll talk about that. Uh, okay, my, I ran out of gas. Okay, let me call AAA for you. But, but we, we got to let people hurt enough that they have to change. Most of us have got saved because we were so tired of sin and God allowed us to father to hurt that we had to run to the cross. And so I think I, I, I got to, you said some good about reason together. I think this generation, we are more open to that. I think we struggle with it because children don't understand that although we're sitting to reason, we're not equal. And, and when we sit to reason, there can't be disrespect at the table because I'm still your mother. I'm still your father. So, so I, I, I know back in the day we were told you don't talk stay in the child's place. We didn't have these opportunities to sit and talk with our children and go back and forth all the time. We do that in our house. But I tell them, hey, I'm not your equal. 
So, and at the end of the conversation of us reasoning, if I say it's going to be the blue table, that's the end of that. We're not going to now talk about why I got to be a blue table and what's up with the blue table. And you said last week, and, and no, we're not going to do all that because now we've brought disrespect and dishonor to the table. So now the conversation is over because I am, I, I, I have learned, we have learned to respect our children, but we've gotten so off with that, that they don't respect us. And that's a problem because some of the things that we kind of brush off now, I, I would have had a funeral at 16. And, 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 and so I agree, we should reason. We should sit and say, hey, let's talk about this. I wanna hear how you feel on this. I wanna hear your perspective. I wanna hear how you see this. Then as your father who's responsible or mother, I'm gonna give you some wisdom. I'm gonna let you name the animals, but I'm gonna give you the wisdom. I don't think that's good, son. I think you, this is probably a better option because this is what happens when you do it that way. And here's a story and here's a parable. Now you name it out, but now if disrespect comes back, oh, this conversation is done. Is done because society has taught our children that there is no longer respect and honor. That's gone. We don't respect anybody. We don't. Re and, and it's not just the children. The adults do it. Uh, we, are, we are living now in an almost honorless society. I'm not talking about church honor, honor your bishop, honor your pastor. I'm talking about humanity, honoring and respecting one another. That's almost gone. Humility is almost shot. And so children are being taught this. So when they come to your classroom as a 30 plus you're, um, in, in the game, man of wisdom, elder in the Lord's church, they disrespect you like one of the kids on the, on the court because that is not being pushed. And so I often tell our children, hey, that's disrespectful. And they're like, what do you mean? All I said was, yes, all you said was, and that was disrespectful because they don't even get it. They don't get it. It's like, that's not disrespectful. I, all I said was, what up? All I said was, I don't want to hear that. No, if I had told my dad <laughs> in the middle of him talking, I don't want to hear that. I, I, I don't know. You wouldn't be sitting there right I, now. You know, we talked about balance in the back. Go ahead. We talked about balance um, a little in, bit child. in the back as well. So I think, we, we, I think last week or whenever it was, we talked about how this generation of parenting, we, didn't want, we want our children to have better than what yeah. we had. Yeah. Right? So we give them everything. They don't have to work for anything or earn anything. And I was saying there has to be some type of balance. Yeah, everything that our parents did, they did what they knew to do. Some of the things they did, we, you know, they, it wasn't right. So we don't have to take that, you know, we can throw that out. But we can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. We some of the stuff we learned and our, our parents right. instilled in us, we gotta take it and now instill it into our children. That whole respect piece and that discipline piece, we have to take it and instill it in our children. We can't throw it out because they was too rough and they was too tough. Yeah, we got a reason, but some of it we we we've thrown out our, our how we were I raised. I want Keisha that she's talking in the back because I think that whole I want my children to have better than me, I think it's partially overrated. Because although we didn't have some of the material things we can give our children now, we had good, most of us, wholesome upbringing. And work ethic. Yes. We had work we had ethic. ethic. And so what we're really saying is, what, what we're really saying is, I couldn't get no Jordans when I was a kid. Make sure my kid had some Jordans. No, no. We had good, wholesome upbringing with our pearl wings on. Come on. And my gold blast khakis and my t-shirts from Zaire. And come on here. And, and even when our parents went and shop, they, they went and shop for us. We didn't usually go with them. They, they brought it back and you go put that on. 
And if they're too long, you fold them up or something and wear them next year. But now the kids walk through the store and I don't want that. And that's, that ain't in. And, and No, no. So I think that's a little bit overrated. We talked about it in the back. Jump in here with that. And I want to hear Tyler's perspective as, as being one of the youngest up here and closer to that generation. Go ahead. I wish I knew now what I knew. I wish I knew back then what I know now. My kids are, my children are 18 and 24. They are young men. They are no longer kids. And what we were saying in, in the back was, a lot of times we raise our kids saying, well, I'm not going to do them like my mama did me. And I'm not going to do them like my daddy did me. And I was one of those people. I told my husband, for a long time, y'all, I had an issue with going to Walmart. I had an issue with going to Aldi's because I remember being embarrassed walking to the store with that book of food stamps because I had a single mother who only couldn't afford certain things because she had a 10th grade education. But what she did do was she instilled wisdom. She gave me understanding. I didn't huff and puff at her because if I thought about disrespect, I'd have been halfway across the room. Pastor said something earlier that was really key. He talked about the doctrine that's been entered into our children. The sad part that we have to deal with now today is back then, there was no wrestling with another doctrine. Today, the doctrine that our kids hear and they see speaks louder than our voice can ever speak. And so in our own homes now, we're wrestling against biblical principle and the doctrine that they think is right because they think we don't know nothing. That's Mm. Tyler? Sure. Um, I think it's a couple of things. I think it goes back to um, the influence as well, because you got to think, like, it's a lot of rich kids that are influences on social media. They talk back to their parents, and then they put that stuff on social media. As far as it goes as, if, like, when to let your child um, not fail and things like that, I, I definitely would say teach them all you can, especially like they said biblical and about Holy Spirit, because what happens if you go before your time? You know what I mean? They can rely on the things that you taught them uh, because Holy Spirit, once Holy Spirit is inside of you, he going to guide you regardless of the age that you are. So that's what I would recommend. Um, and also, parents, you want to make sure that you're not disowning your child, right? Because a lot of times parents see themselves in their child, the things that they didn't deal with. So they try to push them to the side because they don't want to deal with it. And Tyler, to that, be honest with your children. I told my kids, what you're dealing with now, I dealt with. I smoked weed. I drank. <laughs> you smoked the Reggie? Yeah. <laughs> I was a nice. You smoked the Reggie? Yeah. Come on. <laughs> the Kush. I did not. The Mary Jane. Come on here. I did not. Listen. We the kids. Y'all think I be. Like, you know Angel Pastor Twine. He didn't, he didn't smoke that. weed. You didn't smoke weed. You just inhaled. You didn't. Right. He didn't smoke weed. I was a drinker. But I did. He's a drinker. Okay. Come on. You didn't smoke no reefer. But I, I, don't, I don't hide that from my children. I'll let them know. Here's what I did. We're not going to talk about having sex out of wedlock because I had my, when we walked down the aisle, TJ was six and I was three months pregnant. He was five. He was five. That don't make it right. I mean, you just put all that. It don't matter. You, you, you try to clean. You said give you that year. You don't get your bed. But I said all that to say that my honesty with my children lets them know that you can come to me. You can talk to me. 
There is nothing new that you're doing in this generation that we have not done. So while you walking around trying to hide, come here, come in here, let me see your eyes. What's wrong with them? You're looking a little glossy today. Listen. So what, what happens when, you're, when your honesty is used to feel like I can do that then? And it has been. Okay. It has been. You still got to stand on the word and stand on what you know to be true as a parent. If he comes to me and says, well, mom, since you smoked weed, I, sm I can smoke it too. No, that's not what we do in this house. All right. Alarm. That's, that's not what we do in this house. Here's the standard. Here's the rules. You can't come in here smelling like weed. You can't come in here high. Now, as an adult, what you do out there is your business. But in this house, we don't smoke weed. And that goes to the, the, to the releasing. Mm. Once you, and this is why, this is why I believe, because I've been in social services for 25 years, and I've dealt with parents uh, in all shapes and forms. There's a problem with the release part. Once you release them, and you've done your part, Every decision that they make is on them. When my son came to me and said, I'm moving to Ohio, I said, son, I'm like the prodigal son's father. I'm gonna give you everything you need. This is what you wanna do, I got you. And I want you to know that if you fall, I got you. I'm not gonna let you die. However, you're not finna call me when you get a flat tire. You're not finna call me when you used all your money and you can't pay your bill. You know, you're not finna do that. You know why? Call your mama. <laughs> and he did exactly that. No, I'm just <laughs> because here's, here's, the, here's the thing. Here's the thing. The reality is I've given you all the wisdom that I needed to give you and, to and, make good including decisions. Including you probably don't want him to go. Like, it's not a good idea maybe for you to go. Yeah. Okay. The prodigal, one of my favorite stories in the Bible is the prodigal son. Because dad knew that boy wasn't ready. He wasn't ready. But what he said was, this is your will. And I'm not going to push my will on yours. You want to go? Here you go. But watch this. When you fall, I'm going to be looking for you to come home with open arms. I'm not going to let you die. Clean it up. But Clean watch up. this. You're not going to let him die. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. I'm not going to stop you from drinking. I'm not going to stop you from smoking, partying, spending your money. And I'm not going to stop you from living with pigs. Mm. That's strong. But when you come to yourself... Come on home, Come on. daddy ain't mad at you. Excuse me, I, I, I gotta jump in right there. Mm. Because a lot of our children are engaged in the behaviors they're engaged in. I'm going back, I'm sorry, I love you, but it's the parents. Yeah. My, my daughter can't go and spend the night at your son's house without your knowledge and your Come permission. Because your child just can't come home and take his shoes off and you now live at my house. Because mm. at a certain time, the only shoes that's gonna be there is these right here. Come on. Come on. <laughs> and I gotta find Reverend. out, I'm not gonna believe every sad story that you tell me because children are telling or feeding lies to the parents and we're believing it. You know, you got you, the, the, the parents believing that your parents don't love you, don't care about you, them put you out, but we've tried to contact parents. And I'm talking about church parents and you don't even wanna have that conversation mm. with your young adult or about your young adult. We got to be, stop being a part of the problem and part of the solution. Mm. Your child just don't end up in jail. Along the way, they got a suspension. But you want to go to the school and argue with the principal, argue with the teacher, go to the superintendent and take the suspension away. That's the first consequence mm. and punishment. 
Your child is going to get themselves in a position that mama and daddy and big mama and pawpaw can't get them out of, yeah. and now it's too late. So that's, that's so much, so much here. I, that's strong, and I and you speak from a place because you've dealt with this in these parents, so it's real to you, and it's you're passionate, and we can see it. But I think we need to hear that. Um, and it's so much. I'm trying to catch it all. What you just said just ministered to me. Uh, the prodigal son. I'm not gonna stop you from partying, smoking weed, he, and, and living in the pig pen. He let that boy go and make his decisions and lived against the decisions his father would have wanted. But I'm here. When you come to yourself, that is, that a preach. The, the come the come to yourself part is we. That's what we take away from our kids. Mm. I don't give you, I'm so worried about you getting hurt or falling, I don't give you the opportunity to come to yourself. Jeez, to go through that, it. To, yeah. That coming to yourself for a young man or a young woman is important because that's the moment they remember, my daddy said this was going to happen. Come on, come on. My, my mama said this. My daddy said this. And so what? Now that I got it, let me go back to my daddy, get what I need to get, get back on my feet and do it the right way. But you gotta let them get to that. You gotta pig. let them get. You can't stop them from swimming with the pigs. Well, one of the things that Holy Spirit told me, even in that, because we've had that moment with our 24 year old. He wanted to do what he wanted to do. He wanted to let him. I didn't because I'm, I'm mama. I'm like, I'm gonna hold your hand. What you want me to do? I'm gonna and walk you through it. Out. Let's, we, be, let's and, be honest. Yeah. We, that, that, no, these kids will separate families. Absolutely. We don't, we don't talk about, no, no. No, and I'm I'm being I'm being you one, let them, that's right. I'm being one hundred percent honest. These kids will separate and divide your whole household. Cause it's I'm called splitting. Because I'm the king. Ain't no ain't no another ni- That's what you get for having a thug preacher on the panel. Okay, okay. There's there's not another person, young man. Go ahead. There's go ahead. not another young person in, in my home. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> no, I, you know what I'm saying? Because as 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 there there is there is a different responsibilities for women and men. And I got this revelation. I studied this. When 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 God created the woman to be a mother, she's supposed to be nurturing. Mm. This is the original intent with God. But see, that thing got dismantled when the men stopped being at home. So it forced the woman to do stuff that she was not created to do. And so, watch this. And so, quite naturally, whenever there's a family, a two-parent home, it allows the woman to be the woman that she was originally created to be. And that's the nurturer. No, not my baby. No, he can't go here. No, let me cuff him. Let me protect him. But as a father, I'm saying I've taught him, let him go. Because everything that you've done is your part. Now leave me alone and let me do my part. But what happens, hold on. What happens is, what happens is when your when your children get in the middle of that, they divide you. And so she mad at me for doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm mad at her because she's doing what she's supposed to do. When all we gotta do is just play our part. Play your part, mother. Go ahead and love them. Go ahead and nurture them. But when it's time for Big Daddy to step in, leave me alone. No, no, we, we got, see, this is. Love it when they call me Big Papa. <laughs> uh, 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 hey. uh, so this is, this, is, this is what we don't talk about. You're right. And you're so right. We, we, we on the borderline finna get counseling 
Because I'm saying, hey, this is my house. Mm. I run this. This punk can't come in here and tell me what to know. It's done. He, he made his decision. Let him live with it. No, but bae. What if he did? But bae. And I had to understand, but bae is just her being a mama. Mm. And, and Holy Spirit checked me on that. Won't See, Holy Spirit do it? When, when, when you are, when you are a woman or a man of faith who listens to Holy Spirit, when you're wrong, he'll check you. What did he tell you? He said, mind your business. Come on here. He said, mother, mom, mama, whatever he calls you, mind your business. Because I created him to be the father and he's given him instructions. If he is not heeding to his father's instructions, it is not for you to come save him because now he's being dishonorable in the house. Mind your business. And when I mind my business, he moved out. Praise the Lord. Go ahead, Ty. And I think, I think with the... Um, with the letting go piece, I think comes with a lot of trust in God because you got to think, you know, us going through something helps somebody else. They got testimonies too. So even if they do go through that, it's just because God got a plan for them. Your prayers work. You know what I mean? It's just that they have to go through that to help somebody else. We have to go through it. Everybody got to go through something to help somebody else. It's just going to make them stronger regardless. So. It's called faith moves. Mm. When your children decide, I had this hat for a reason. When your children decide, I'm ready to do me, because you know that's the thing, I'm ready to do me. That's a faith move. I trust the prodigal son, his dad, and because, Foster, he came from a Jewish traditional home, he was taught by law, they have to teach you everything. So when the dad came, I mean, the son came and asked for the dad, uh, his portion, this, the father had to, that was a faith move. I'm finna give you what you ask for. I'm finna release you to do what you want to do. But at the end of the day, my faith ain't in you. It's in God. Therefore, when you do come to yourself, I trust God enough to know that he's going to let you come home. And I'm going to be there waiting for you. And see, we don't want to do that. Me and my wife talk about this all the time. You got to be able to release these children or your kids to the Lord. And don't trust them. Trust God. Because at the end of the day, that's your father. And, you, and your prayers, as he There said. you go. So, so we talked about this too. How much are we praying for our children? Yeah. Or are we just fussing, complaining, yeah. nagging? And, and we can, it can be legitimate because they are doing some things they shouldn't be doing. But how much are we going before the Lord and saying, hey, God, let's talk about Jimmy in the back. How many, because we used to have things like confessions for our children and all this stuff, and we've, we've just kind of dummy down the things of God. Uh, um, um, I, I, was, I was on vacation, and the Lord says the believer has lost its edge. Because we've dummied down all spiritual things, and we're just kind of, it's, it's confusion now by mixture. We just kind of end with everybody else, and a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And what happened to us on our face for our children? until you saw change with your children. Because we've tried all the natural things. I've, I've, I've yelled, we've, we've near fought, I've, get your bags, go to grandma's house, we've done it all, come pick them up, go on the porch, I've done all of that. It don't work, it don't work. Pastor. You cannot answer problems on the level that they were created. He says, come up a little higher. Download some wisdom for me because you're anointed to parent. Yes. 
And so don't beat yourself up because you got a child that's doing this or that or you missed some things. Like she says, you weren't there. We, we all have dysfunction in our past. Yeah. So let's just check that off the list. Yeah. No condemnation. Don't beat yourself up. But now where do we go from here? And it's, it's okay to say, you know what? I don't know what to do with this son, with this daughter. It's okay to say that. It's not okay to stay there. Say, now God, I need your wisdom. You said, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who will not withhold, but he'll give it in abundance. So I need, and if you got three kids, four kids, you got to handle them all different. You, can't, you, you got to know which one like the leg or the thigh and one like the big piece of chicken who need the rub in the morning, who don't need the rub on the way to school. Some get up and go out the door, they're gone. Some need you to say, have a good day now. And you, you, you got to know how to handle all your children. And so ask God for that wisdom. And I, 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 I repent before you because sometimes we've not done that. We just, we just yelling and screaming and going in the room and me and Huff busting and this don't make no sense. And we've not yet said, God, I need you to help me with this here. Because the seed of the righteous in the room down the hall is blessed. Right now he's acting like a fool, but he's blessed. She's acting like a fool, but she's blessed. So what do I have to do? And part of the thing was we talked about is even apologizing to your children. I lost half the room with that one. Yeah, we talked about reason, less reason. And part of my reason is, yeah, I was wrong for that. And I shouldn't have done that. And I shouldn't have said that. And I crossed the line with that one. And the now other let's part. Talk about this. The other Go part, ahead. Pastor, with the reasoning. And when we're talking about uh, how we want our children to change, change begins with us first, really. Us, the parents. Right. And, and, I, and I just want to share this, this, the whole truth about experience. You know, we've been taught that experience is the best teacher. That's a half truth that has uh, jacked up people. The, the whole truth is that it's evaluated experience is the best teacher. Wow. You, you know, we're talking outside of the Holy Spirit, of course. We know the Holy Spirit, but just in a, in a general sense, it's, it's experience that we evaluate that helps us as parents. As parents, we have to evaluate what we've done that didn't work. And then we have to stop doing what doesn't work. Wow. And because to some extent, and, and Pastor Twan and I were talking about this in the back, in some instances, we have created artificial reality for our children. Because out there in the real world, the, the reality we created in the home is not happening out there. So in conclusion on my part is we have to evaluate what we've done what we've done that works and what we've done that doesn't work and we got to stop doing what doesn't work if if a belt a punishment a beat down doesn't work we got to stop and we have to ex evaluate the experience and look at some as my wife says we got to look at some more tools in our toolbox yeah and you're getting the tools right now yeah. the whole purpose of all of this is to give you tools to use so you can't go and say, well, I don't know. You know something to start with. If nothing else you heard was, let me ask God for wisdom on how to deal with my children. Let, let me sit down and reason. Let's have a, I told you on the 15th, you, be, you should be having family meetings. And you got to press through. Sometimes we say, we're going to have our meeting. And they drag in there like we called them to the slaughter. Come in here and sit down. Here's the book. This is the chapter we read this week. You read the chapter. Jesus We can't hear you. But if I'm in my bedroom, I hear you way downstairs on your phone. 
So you can speak up. And they may not like it, but we're pressing through it. And we read the chapter and say, now what you think about that? What you get out of that? And we, this is our family meeting. Then we talk about our family rules and our family standards and all this kind of stuff. You got to do these things. Don't sit here and say, service was good. Pastor Twan show talk and put stuff on Facebook. Get the tools you need. That's the whole point of this. That's the whole know, point. Believe it or not, everything you need to help you is in the house. It's in your house. You, you sitting looking at 30 years at CPS, 30 years, social worker, 30 years, social services. You got men, you got women, you got elders. You can use all of the tools that you need and they right here in the house. Don't be afraid to speak up. One of the things that as parents, we just try to keep our stuff like, I don't want nobody to know I'm struggling. Yeah, you need to let somebody know so you can get some help, sugar. And pull on your Crave Youth Leaders. Because when they're not talking to y'all, they're talking to them. Know, they're talking know, to somebody. Know that. Know that. And I want to encourage each and every parent, whether you're a, a father, a mother, a single parent, if you're together, the same prayer that you prayed for Jimmy and Lil Lala when they was eight, don't come up off of it. Don't come up off the prayer that you prayed for them when they weren't getting in, into anything. Because prayer works. And regardless of what it looks like now, that prayer is saving your children. My sons, even though at times they may act like they don't hear me, they hear me when it matters. When it's time for a decision to be made, this is what daddy said, this is what mama said, don't come up off of the prayer that you pray for your children. And I, I would also say for parents, especially single parents, receive God's forgiveness. Because a lot of times, some, I know um, Pastor Keisha was saying how she's honest with her children. I've seen the flip side of that where you may be a single parent or even a married parent where you've done some things in your past and you feel like because I did that I can't tell them no different. But no, God has entrusted, and Kathy was talking, God has entrusted these children to us to lead and to guide them. So receive the forgiveness of God. Don't hold yourself hostage based on your mistakes that you've made. You made the mistakes, you asked for forgiveness, and let's move on because it's detrimental to your children when you're holding on to your past mistakes. We got to let them go. Yeah. Let gotcha. those past mistakes go. That's one of the biggest things the enemy comes to do is to shut you down when you've made mistakes. Yeah. Take your voice. Yeah. So receive that forgiveness today in Jesus' name. Did y'all receive the panel today? Tools to win. That's what it's all about. Tools to win. And another thing I'll say, everything you need is in your community. That's why God placed you here to get what you need to win in life. Father, we thank you for this time. Thank you for your wisdom that has been shed abroad today in our gathering. We commit ourselves to not just be hearers, but doers of your word. In Jesus' name. Amen.